Hi everyone, welcome to today's show. And we have a guest today who's a who's an expert, right? Who's an expert on personalities. <laughs> and we're speci- specifically talking about、uh, Myers Briggs indicator, type indicator, as well as Enneagram. Yes. So,、um, like, when was well, when was the first time you, you got exposed to these two, either one? All right. So first off, just wanted to say thank you for having me on the, this podcast. I'm very excited. You know, very excited. I've always wanted to do a podcast, and the fact that I get to talk about these two things, which are very dear to me, is really exciting. So, just to start off, yeah, I um I first discovered Myers Briggs type indicator called you know, MBTI summer of 2020. You know, we were all still kind of locked down in the pandemic, and I was on Instagram actually. And I saw someone's post about this, like their their type. I didn't know what that meant. And it had a little a little avatar next to it, a little purple guy, and like these little bars that showed different percentages. And I was really intrigued by that because it seemed vaguely familiar. I had no idea what it was though. So I went to look it up, sixteenpersonalities.com, and I took this test. And at first, I was really skeptical. I was like, "That's that's a fairly well international website." Yeah, because I know in China people use that website as well. Okay, that's that's for that's sure. That's a primary website like, for these type of for MBTI tests. I don't know if that's like hundred percent accurate or that's the best, most comprehensive test, but out there. But that's like probably the most famous and accessible one.、Right? It it definitely is the most famous. You you can look at the website. There are so many languages you can take it in, and that's definitely a common like gateway into this. Like called typology, right? Typology is all this. They also have like detailed explanation, which is good. oh yeah, they they they're very they're very a great introduction. They're very great introduction. And also like, but of animation, it, it really grabs you. Yeah, it yeah. almost it really like makes you feel special in a way because、yeah. it provides you with this nice name like advocate <laughs> or entertainer, and it gives you a、yeah. nice little avatar. Mine is like well, architect or something. The architect. Architect INTJ. INTJ, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure about my type. Okay, that's、honestly. very common. I feel. But but it was definitely a great introduction, and I took the test. And you know, I, I don't know if I want to say what my results are because I feel like that would spoil some of the mystery. Unless you really wanted me to, but maybe at the end I'll I'll just yeah, disclose yeah, my、end. type, perhaps. <laughs> but I don't want it to influence anything in the discussion. But basically, that was the introduction, and I was I was blown away by it because for me, descriptions were incredibly accurate to my experience.、Mm-hmm. It was jarring because. I was reading things about myself that I had never even considered. That it really struck me as if someone were reading my own thoughts, and that was at least my experience. You know that that grabbed me, and I can't speak for anybody else, because there is a lot of talk about Myers Briggs and the Enneagram about oh, it, it's pseudoscience. It's it's not a valid or reliable test. It's almost like zodiac. Like people say. Oh yeah, people <laughs> say it all the time. Oh, it's like zodiac, and. It's、by def modern version, but it's scientifically based. It little. I would say it's with psychology. Well, first off, you have to respect psychology. It is. It has. It's empirical in a lot of ways, also,、mm-hmm. and it's very, very. It's really close to a science, I think. But it is based on Carl Jung's ideas about psychology, who has influenced me more than probably anyone that I've read, besides maybe Nietzsche. But that's a different topic. But, but when I when I think of Myers Briggs and Enneagram. I don't necessarily want to know the exact like oh is it follow these psychological guidelines for what makes these tests. The question at bottom that I have to ask myself, that each person I think has to ask himself and can only answer for themselves is does this help me? 
does this make my life better? Does it provoke, you know, a sense of self-exploration where I ask questions about myself? And for me, that answer has been an astounding yes. There are very few things in my life that I think I'm confident about, like, knowledge-wise. But I think that, you know, the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, based, of course, in Carl Jung's writings, is, is spot on. It's very useful as well. So that's kind of how I got into it. And I got from, from that test, I just investigated more and I followed the rabbit hole. So at bottom, Myers-Briggs type indicator, you know, MBTI, it's a personality assessment. It's a way of looking at people's personality. You know, whatever that means, personality. But I think it's, it's not necessarily like the little traits that everyone has. Like, oh, he's, he's hardworking. He's, he's outgoing. He's, you know. Um, like imaginative, you know, like I think, I think it's more of how we think, not necessarily like what we do or think or, or feel as the process going on behind it. So when we talk about functions or we talk about orientation or we talk about these types, you can boil them down to, there's basically thinking, feeling, sensing, intuition, and then you can go and make those extroverted or introverted so thinking and feeling basically is what it sounds like thinking is let's start with introverted thinking this is a function this is like a thing that people use to actually like you know um decide things in their life and think about it it's what we it's how we you know express ourselves so introverted thinking basically it's um based on you know logical rational principle kind of what makes sense basically you can think of it that way the principle underlying something if you go to extroverted thinking, that's more based on what works, right? The facts. If I do this, then this will happen as a result. Focus more on efficiency. Like it's not influenced by feeling. When you have well, feeling, you know, you have introverted, extroverted. Basically, you can break that down into, you know, your inner values, your inner emotional, inner emotional experience. You know, how, how you like feel, how you feel necessarily. Yeah. You know, extroverted feeling that's more focused on like the world and people focus on how others are feeling you know what's the social environment of this room so basically thinking and feeling they definitely oppose each other yeah. and in Jung and in Myers-Briggs if your dominant function suppresses the inferior one mm-hmm. so if you're dominant and you lead with you know intro- introverted thinking or something you're focused on, you know, what makes sense around you. You're trying to organize everything and think what makes sense for you. What What's logical, what's true. And do, do you think uh, symbols and, like, archetypes uh, kind of relate to the sort of introverted thinking? Because that's not really... Well, that's, like, how religion makes sense of the world. It's not, like, discover something objective, but it's something that just explains this phenomenon on the surface and that work for you. There's something like that. You have, like, your own system based on your... Own experiences. Mm, you see that that is more like introverted intuition. That's actually spot on. I think of what introverted intuition does. And um, but with introverted thinking, yeah, it's definitely like it's still rational, but it's kind of like uh, it's well, if it's if it's introvert if it's introverted, it's necessarily like s- subjective. Yeah, because okay. it's coming from gotcha, yeah. your subject, right? Intuition, the way I describe it, is 
concepts, ideas, the bigger picture, or the underlying theme. Instead of looking at sensing, sensing focuses on something as it actually is, more concrete, more tangible. You know, the, 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 taking it in with the senses. Hmm. Intuition wants to look behind, beyond the senses. And what are the senses? I would say it's something like seeing, feeling, touching, you know, smelling, like the concrete senses, right? Oh, concrete senses, that kind. But, but it's more than just the concrete senses because if your sensing is like oh, introverted, it's your impression. It's your in, inward impression of those senses. And that sounds kind of like out there, right? Mm-hmm. But like, let's say you let's say you look at like you know, this is the way you describe it. Let's say you look at a mountain, right? Or you look at like your house. Within you, you know, you, you're searching for that that impression of what impression did it make on you inside, and that's why I think a lot of like introverted sensing types can be thought of as very traditional or very rooted in like their home because they're always looking for what's familiar around them that they've like experienced before is that is that making sense yeah it makes sense um but that's like the concrete senses mm-hmm. as opposed to what you feel i think uh based on my well previously i would i would, I would thought i would think that um well there are basically two types of sensing my terminology like the first type is uh, what you just said uh, concrete sense of smell and what you saw taste and taste and- Oh, how it feels like here, yeah. So, Blake, what's my type? You are an INTJ. Dope. INTJ, absolutely. That's a, a rare type, actually. Yeah, it's, people say it's it rare, but I don't know. But I mean, there are some general description of this type on the website. We are not looking at, into. The, we're not looking at bottom up, like um, how you yeah come up with it. But when people give descriptions of what this type of people look like, mm-hmm. and then I try to compare the description with my own behavior exactly. or thinking, um, do you think that's an accurate way of looking at it? Because I think it's pretty accurate. Um, but I'm not sure if that's like fundamentally true or just superficial. Right. Again, you have to look at, is it helpful? You know? Yeah. Is it helpful? And of course, you know, there's two layers. There's the the traits people have, like the characteristics of a type. Mm. And then there's the underlying like mechanism mechanism yeah. and all that. The 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 how you think which manifests the what you think and do and all that. But yeah. But an INTJ, I think the first thing people are gonna notice is they they can be pretty intense, very focused, very purposeful, right? An INTJ wants a goal. They want to have some kind of meaning that they can strive after, right? And as a result, they're pretty independent. Now, the way they go about that, right, they would use a very efficient means to get there. Like, let's say they have a goal. They have to get this deadline in. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna find the most optimal solution, what works, what actually works. They want to care. They care about, you know, how it works. They care about, they care about what, if it works or not, and necessarily, you know, the underlying reason. Yep. But, so they're very motivated. They're very um, hardworking if it's something they care about, you know. They're very, they're like always like the bookworm. That was on the 16 personalities website themselves. That's a very accurate description, I think. Yep. They're all, they're on a quest for knowledge. They want to seek not just like a fact. They don't want to just know, oh, that's cool. They want to understand the deep underlying like, you know, patterns of why 
of the cause and effect of, of things, you know? So they can be pretty deep thinkers. And they can be motivated very much by, like, a deep sense of um, individuality. They want to be free of people's expectations to, pers to pursue what they think is important, you know? Yeah. I have to do this. Yeah, I do resonate with that, but also a lot of anxiety will come me. <laughs> oh, from trying to achieve your own goals? Um, yeah, because what if well it's pretty complicated so first of all um i think with an aim or with a either short term or long term i mean long term is a little less anxious um for either of those um when i'm striving for those goals i'll be pretty excited mm -hmm. but when i'm when i don't have anything to do but i can only wait or do nothing then i'll feel anxious because i feel like that's not something within my own control um, and at the same time, well, even though, well, if I fail, that's not like necessarily the the worst thing in the world because okay. I'll pick a new goal and, and start again. Does this fit your description? I think it could because I think that striving, that that striving in itself, the going after the goal, uh -huh. could matter more. But I think I think INTJs react to like the, the chaos of the world by trying to order it in their minds. That they rely a lot on their minds. If they can think through a problem, if they can like organize their mind to predict what could happen, they won't feel as exposed to the world and its chaos when, when it does come, you know? So this concludes our first part, and then we'll move on to Enneagrams. Yes. And also later, how is it related to uh, MBTI, and some book recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. From Blake. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so for me, I heard MBTI way before I heard um, Enneagrams. Um, because, I don't know, the 16 personality website did a pretty good job of introducing this concept to people. Um, and is there a specific website that talks about give tests for Enneagrams? Um, there Not are, really. No, there are definitely some websites that... um. Have Enneagram tests. Tru yeah. Truity is the main one. That's the one okay. I would recommend. And then, of course, there's the Enneagram Institute. I saw a lot of personality YouTubers, like MBTI YouTubers, that all, well, when they're introducing themselves, they'll say, for example, I'm INTJ one wing nine or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That sounds pretty fancy, isn't it? It is pretty fancy. It, it, one wing nine, this sounds fancier than INTJ. Oh, I, yeah. It, it, it narrows it down. One W. Nine. Yeah, one pretty... with the W next to it. exactly. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, you gotta know the lingo, like how special. Like, exactly. I, I know, but it's like, I well, think let's start from uh, the definition of each type. Like, there are nine different types uh, yeah. within Enneagram, right? Yeah, and nine. Blake is also a, an expert. Supposedly, I am. Supposedly, supposedly I'm an expert. Apparently, but I okay. definitely, I have, I have like, I've read book a few books on it, and I've, I spent a lot of time researching, it, I guess. But of course, is my understanding of it. You know, everyone. I can't yeah. claim to be an expert, but you can claim me to be an expert, apparently. <laughs> and by the way, Blake gave me a book a month ago or two months ago on Enneagram. And I basically, well, I didn't look at other types or detailed descriptions of other types. I look at, well, no spoilers. No spoilers. All right. <laughs> okay. So. Type 1. Type 1 is also. Okay. It's called the Reformer. That is a name form. They're also is called. Is that like accurate as no, I think I think game. reformer is an accurate description. I think another okay. one would be like the um, 
like the like an advocate, the advocate or the perfectionist. I think perfectionist is. What are some one. typical things they will do? Um. Well, the main part about them, their main like desire. I think every enneagram has like a main desire and a main fear, but their main desire basically is to be good, to be good, to be upstanding, to do the right thing. So they can be very self-controlled, very judicious, very um, very moral. Morality is a big thing. They morality. want to do the right thing. Yeah. So right or wrong is not in terms of personal interest, like the uh, well whether I'm benefiting from the situation. Right. But in terms of moral or justice. Yes. More like perfect higher standards or you know, yeah stuff like exactly. That. Okay, gotcha. What about type two? Type two is That's called the helper. The helper or the, or the caregiver, the servant, the host. Now they, there's so many names for these types, but their their main desire is to be of of use to people. They want to be loved, right? So the way they do that is they're very affectionate. They're very helpful. Nonprofit organizations. Nonprofit organizations, exactly. <laughs> they, if you give somebody love, you know, you expect it in a way, love in return. So that's a big way that people. Do you know on that MBTI MBTI database? Have you? Oh, to that website. Oh, you can type in yeah. like nonprofit organization, a certain really? organization, company name, and they'll show you sort of the, the type. That's for weird. that that's particular weird. object. And they also have like Instagram and Spotify. Oh, God, that <laughs> was their personality. That's, that's, that goes too far. That goes too far. That's, but it's fun. It is yeah, fun. Yeah, you have to admit. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I do first. Type three. Type three. They're the achiever, the performer. Um, By the way, that's my type probably probably interesting or type four that we'll get into that in a minute we'll about, yeah about yeah. how <laughs> we, yeah but um they're very success driven pragmatic very achievement oriented they want to know what it takes to be successful whether for themselves or for the community and they want to become a, achieve achieve places of status you know so they're very um they just want to be appreciated for their achievements you know it's a big thing uh, well, because I identify myself for it. And also I did a test. Okay. Book, even though that's a pretty brief test. I don't know if that's accurate. But anyway, um, I do think I can speak for this type a little bit. Okay. And yeah. Like you can see, because you, are you familiar with type three? Or yes. You are. Okay. So I'll talk about some of my motivation that uh, that are similar to what's described here. Oh, I have a book okay. from Blake. So I, I do have some descriptions of this type. Basically, well, the book says the adaptable, success-oriented or oriented type. Um, they're self-assured, attractive, charming, I don't know. Ambitious, com- competent, energetic. Um, that's more like a CEO. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of CEOs would be a type Wall three. <laughs> they want that status that comes with being a CEO. You know, it's you know distinct movie, from uh, yeah. the wall from... The Wolf Wall of Wall Street. Street. Yeah. I'm familiar. I've never seen it. Although I love Martin Scorsese. <laughs> okay. So, um, threes are often concerned about their image, what other people think of them. Well, even though I don't want to admit it, <laughs> I do sometimes care about my image and how other people think of me. And somebody told me that. You know, a lot of people told me that, but even though I didn't want okay. to admit it. That's interesting. <laughs> anyway, um, they typically have problem with work. Oh, <laughs> that's a big thing. Uh, competitiveness well competitive is definitely one thing um going to exams make me feel partially excited a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit even though i hate most of them i, I prefer to live like for all this life than going okay. competition but i think that's like prerequisite yeah, not for living in modern society so that's like that forced on me um maybe culture plays a part too you think 
I don't know. I think in order to get what you want, uh, you have to get through competitions because there is this, I don't know, you call it hierarchy or social order here because you live in this world. Yes. Otherwise, you can just go somewhere, you know. Live it. Go to Walden Pond. Walden Pond. You said you had a high school friend uh, in Middlebury. Yeah, it's Middlebury. Sort of Middle of nowhere, Vermont. It. He's not no achiever. Three. Oh in no, he's not a big achiever. He's not that kind of. We, he is, but he isn't. It's very. <laughs> but one thing about the Enneagram Three that I find interesting is that they're avoiding what's called an inner mirror. What what is it? an inner mirror? They feel some apparently Enneagram Threes maybe can relate to this. Yeah. They feel as if there's nothing actually going on inside. That they need to have some kind of achievements to define themselves by, oh, and only. Only by having something to show for their af- a- efforts and actions would they be valuable. Oh. And of course, a counter to that, this is by Dr. Tom LeHue, the best Enneagram YouTuber that there is. He, he's <laughs> retired now from YouTube, but he's great. He talks about how go into any infant ward at the hospital and look at a baby and say, are they not valuable because they haven't achieved anything yet? And then you realize how absurd that notion is. You look at someone and then you realize that you don't have to do anything to be valuable. You know what I mean? There's no, you know, so that's a big, that's a big um thing. Yeah, the I definition of being valuable is pretty tricky for me. So I won't go into like, too much detail for that. So yeah. um, that's also the reason I consider myself partially, I don't know which one is more dominant or which one is more inferior. Um, type three and four. Yeah, type three and four are, either one of them is it should be like the wing. One is yeah, the wing. That's a big another aspect because. Okay. So, so I think for me, either one, either type three or type four. So for type four, um, the individualist here is as the romantic, introspective type, and they're self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. So it talks about self-aware. I don't know if that contradicts with. There's nothing you, you just said. Um, for type three, mm. there are literally nothing within themselves. They yeah. want something external to show their value do they contradict with each other because like three and four can be put together they would definitely contradict but that is the point i think because that incre- that creates a tension oh, within nice. all humans obviously there's contradictions you yep. want one thing but also at the same time you can feel ashamed by that and i think the awareness aspect the the awareness aspect comes in of questions of authenticity when you're achieving for all these when you're putting all these all this effort in to achieve to make something of yourself yeah you obviously, that, that with that four, so first off, a wing. You have to define that. The wing, every Enneagram type has a wing. If you're a type two, your wing is the type. One or three, right? Either one or a three. Yeah. It's right right next to you. I think that's also the magical and part it, of it Enneagram. Adds, oh, it, it oh gives yeah. It so order. much more nuance. It gives us an order. I think that's pretty important because you, can you can't just match like one random thing to the other because this also shows, uh, well, the fact that this, uh, the system has this order um, yeah. sort of show that a certain human nature that can be tracing in, within a certain pattern you can't like go random like uh, yeah. just pair this trait with another for example you pair uh, your zodiac you know, with this mean oh, for yeah. you with MBTI or whatever but Enneagram is actually saying well people can only stay in one time you can't be like split yourself into two person and right. throw yourself to there there is an internal cohesion yeah about being cohesion. a person That's That's yeah. and there you can find it you can look for it you can yeah. search and find out um but with the with the enneagram three wing four mm-hmm. 
that is a big thing. When they achieve something, when they're working towards some kind of goal, it has to perhaps align with also their values. Yeah. yeah. And they have to align that. And I think that's the main thing. So it's not just fame. Fame doesn't perhaps. work unless the fame is part of the sort of impact your value or the... An impact that valuable. It's yeah, valuable that's to valuable yeah. to you. It's not like well, you wear. And, and also, it, it it a three wing four. They're gonna tie up their identity in their work. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a big thing. What about four wing three? How a four wing three. That's a distinction because when the four obviously becomes the dominant one, the individual is the free spirit, the creative type. They want to create a unique sense of self. They want to. They want to make a, a four wing three. You combine the passionate intensity, the creative, and also melancholic drive of the four with the you know success oriented three so the main the main focus is the self-expression but with the wing three it's going to be about the display of that self-expression the performance the how people perceive it right compare like a four wing five to that like a writer sitting in his room studying engaged in his mind compared to doesn't care about the impact doesn't care about what a words he, he or she wings yeah. it's more in about terms of the like, process than the okay um, yeah yeah for sure for sure and by the way do you think you can change dramatically or like in terms of for example you're de- mentally more developed or you've gone through something important that's life-changing or whatever it's possible to change i'm not only talking about enneagram but also maybe MBTI or personality, a dramatic shift. Is it possible? Or? That's a big debate, you know what I mean? I don't know. So first of all, slight know. changes yeah. are possible. Are you could adjust your behavior. Yeah, it's almost like the question of cause and effect. Like, when you look at these types, do you align yourself with these types or do you sort <coughs> of first act and then see, well, yeah. what your act corresponds to? I think it's an it's an easy trap to think, oh, well, I am this type. Yeah, you, you do I must this type do this. thing. Yeah, it's fatalistic, you know. And also, that's limiting because it is. It's very limiting. Got to do things that's different. For you. It's very even important though it's hard. Even to, though you know it's hard. Yeah, you have to use it as a tool. You have to act yeah. first and use that as a tool for sure. Okay, so um, let's talk about five. Yeah, like an investigator. Investigator also um, the, the um. I think the skeptic they're also called, maybe? Uh, the intense the cerebral type. Five are alert, insightful, and curious. They're able to uh, concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like uh, very the guy's a cross river. Oh, MIT and Harvard? Oh. MIT, in particular. Uh, in, in particular? <laughs> well, oh, okay, yeah. You know, oh. Harvard is like, Noam Chomsky once said, um, what's the difference between a uh-huh. student at Harvard and a student at MIT? Basically, a student at MIT will... Well, when you challenge them, they'll be pretty happy because uh, they, they, they want to innovate or they, they okay. want to perfect their uh, findings. But when you ask something, for example, to a professor at Harvard, they'll rebut you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll oh, cling to their belief and they will not like, step back. Oh, that's cool. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. I never thought of that way. Because uh, I think that's I think, true. Yeah, I think Chomsky has been to. I love schools. I love Chomsky. Chomsky's influenced me a lot, also, as a as a linguist oh. in training. Is it linguist? You would know that. Or, well, we're both linguists. We're, I, we're both. Well, well, we're, I, we're some, I I changed my major. I don't know if you know that. I don't know. I'm an English major now. Oh really? I am. You want to be 
You I don't want a job. Person. Yeah, I don't. I don't want a job. <laughs> still be an English major. I don't know. But I still haven't. I still don't. Chomsky's political thought has also influenced me a lot, for sure. Yeah, but that's a different topic. But um, the Enneagram Five, I think. I know a lot of Enneagram Fives. You know, my dad's an Enneagram Five. Oh, really? Absolutely. They're kind of scared of the world, really, because what they want to do is they want to retreat into their mind where it's safe. To yeah, my to mom's probably gather also five. all this info and knowledge and <laughs> yeah. create these systems and structures. Their inner workshop, where they can go and say, "Okay, now that I am ready to face the world because I have this knowledge." They want to be useful. They want to provide expertise and skill. They base a lot of their identity off of what they know and what they can do. You know, very niche market. Um, and maybe like in the past, but now I think with like our society needs these kind of people more and more. I think. Does investigator mean something like they tend to like I don't know take risks? Not necessarily risks. Investigate. They want to get down to the the bottom of things. They want to know why. Oh, they're not. Ex- oh, it's like uh, financial. Financial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Investigator is more like. Deep. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Does, does this sound like INTJ? A, a lot of INTJs are investigators. In, or Enneagram Five, as yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's also because Blake told me. Well, even though it's not recording the podcast, he told me it's not possible for an well, technically not possible for an. Uh, INTJ to have three and four or four and three, right? I think, I think, some people would say it's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. some don't. It's anyway, a, it's, anyway. it's a debate, you know. That's the debate. <laughs> um, but whatever helps you understand yourself sure. better. That's how I think it. Okay, so um, let's move on to type type six. Yeah, the, the loyalist. The loyalist. They're also called interesting, the loyalist skeptic, and well, because mm-hmm. what happens is, you know, these people they see the world as a very dangerous place. Mm-hmm. They want to find security in a, an organization, an institution. Non-profit. Could be. <laughs> Could be an, an Enneagram 6 that also likes to develop their two side maybe. but I'm stuck with non-profit. Yeah. I understand. I understand. But um, no, no. They definitely want to seek security in either like a social group like their family or acquaintances, their tribe, or their institutions, you know, these this big business. Strength in numbers. And they're very loyal but they're very skeptical to put their trust in the first place. Yeah, so once they put their trust in the first place, they will become very reliable. They are they are the most reliable people you can have for sure. My my good friend, my good friend Madeline, I've known her forever. And it's not like we hang out a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. we live in different states and she lives in a different city, but like I've been knowing her forever and very consistently. Like we'll check in on each other because she's that kind of person that no matter what She's going to be like there, you know. And I have some friends, they have not a six bone in their body. And they'll disappear, six bone in the body. They'll disappear for like oh three months and, I'll, and they'll come back like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. Where, 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 where are you? Where are you? Yeah. I can be guilty of that, but I try not to. So, Okay, type seven. Type seven. The enthusiast. Are these the, the type of people who give speeches or motivational speeches on stage? In fact, it's funny that you mentioned that the quintessential motivational speaker is a three wing two, oh, because a three with a wing two. What's this name? Like a motivational speaker. Okay, oh, the so three wing like two would be called a typical motivational speaker, right? Because they they're like, I am successful. Look at my success. I'm going to help you by showing you how you can reach my oh, okay. success that I have modeled. Right. Right. It's very interesting. You really preacher note a preacher. A preacher could be like a preacher. I think maybe also would be like a two maybe. 
like a too dominant. But yeah, also, who knows? Who it's knows? a dangerous feel. I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like being a preacher. But sometimes, you know, when I'm listening to my own podcast, I feel like I'm a preacher. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I'll try to try to not fall in this trap. Um, type eight. The type seven. Well, I think we should discuss type seven is um yeah, a I common type. I got this. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a little there bit. There are a um, they're very common type actually, as well as a six. But their main desire, they want to escape the inner, the inner like horror. They're trying to run away from negative emotions. They're trying to escape bad feeling and and move into something good and new. You know, they, they would hate to be bogged down. In the same boring situation, they're so, always looking for new. They're very outgoing, extroverted. If something interests them, they're gonna go after that, whatever that is. Yeah. Like if they're if they get like an idea for like this, oh, I really want to watch this movie. Out, they're gonna go find the movie and watch it, even if their friends want to watch something else. But when you bring the wings in, yeah. a seven wing six, they're gonna be more loyal to like other people. Okay. You know, but a wing seven with a okay. wing eight. I'm sorry, a seven with a wing eight. No, no, no. They're gonna go and they're gonna get what they want. If that's something that interests them. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna wait. Bring they're gonna try to um pull all their resources. They're gonna be realistic about it. They're gonna get what they want. Enneagram eight now. And type eight, yeah. Type the eight. Challenger. The challenger. They're also called the the bear, or the maverick, because now this is a powerhouse of a of a person. These are the these are the like the the, the ones in control, the ones in power. They seek they seek power and control. They wanna be independent for sure. Because they're scared of being powerless, so their reaction is to seek power. If that makes sense, you know. They they want to protect themselves and their family and their friends and their group. So they seek positions where they can actually like make things happen and and um and and like have their authority and power listened to. So they want positions that are going to give them that. And they're very hardworking, but they can also be very controlling and very um dismissive, my way or the highway kind of people, you know. Uh, are there anything else that you think worth mentioning? Um, like the maybe the overlay between the enneagram. And yeah, we can the talk about uh, MBTI and enneagram. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very important distinction because by comparing them or contrasting them, you get yeah. you know, understand both. In fact, in linguistics, we use that a lot. You know, like comparing, contrasting languages to get a sense of how they work. You know, there are two systems. Yeah. For sure, but in a lot of ways, they're very. I think they underlie. Underneath them is the similar process. You look at the functions. Introverted feeling. Well, that's going to be very associated with the Enneagram 4. Because they, it's all about that sense of self, that unique creative aspect that they bring, that they bring to themselves, you know. Yeah. They bring. And even if you're in the first, even if you're dominant type or if you're second type, you know. And then you look at something like an Enneagram Enneagram 7. You, you associate a lot of that with extroverted types because they're all, you know, going out into the world. Extroverted, extroverted is focused outwards. And then extroverted types like intuition and sensing because they're trying to find out what's going on in the world around them, you know, either through, like, adventure and exploration throughout the world or through, like, all the ideas that are out there in the world. And they, they jump from idea to idea. So, um... You see certain Enneagram combinations, like an ENTJ 8 type or the wing 7 or something. Or an ISTJ 6 wing 5. Or a, a you know, like an ENFJ 2 wing 1. Yeah, some people like, oh, you're 
putting my whole personality in these little boxes, but yeah, I don't. Okay. I never saw it that way. I don't the know why. Typology thing is about because typology is not only well. I know linguistics also have typology. Yes, yeah. they do. They do. Um, All systems can have typology. I think. Yeah, people. Uh, so my my question to not only typology for linguistics or typology for um, personalities, but just typology in general. Um, do you think it's um, well definitely it's meaningful, in a way if you believe it's meaningful to categorize human behaviors, and um, you know random concepts into categories. I think our mind, our minds naturally want some sort of sequence, uh, to view better, like to to see better. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think it's um it's important to not be limited by these different categories. Definitely. Balance, I mean, in most things, balance is pretty crucial, I think. But that's absolutely true because you can get in a trap where you think, oh, I am this type. I must be doing this then, right? Or what do I want? Well, what does a, you know, ISFP want? You know, and then you kind of organize it by that. But at the same time, it has huge explaining power, at least for me. Things that I didn't even notice. Things that I see in other people that I'm like, I read philosophers. And I see the thought process in them. Immanuel Kant, all about rationality. You know, he's definitely like an INTP or something. And then you yeah. see that same thing with like um, Descartes. I think, therefore I am. The thought, the rational, you know. And then you see you see these themes and patterns over and over. Either whether it be in a book that you read about these people or, you, or a character in a movie or people you know in your real life or yourself, you know. And uh, finally, do you have any book recommendations for people who want to read or know a little bit more about personalities, Enneagram, MBTIs? Definitely. Um, it all starts with Carl Jung's book, Psychological Types. That book is where everything starts with this. The original thing. The original, the original, absolutely, the OG. It all starts there, honestly. And this book I have... The Wisdom of the Enneagram. Highly recommend it. I've learned so much from this. Absolutely. For Myers-Briggs, honestly, there's so much much on the internet that you can learn from from the Institute themselves, but also people putting their own top. The best MBTI um, YouTuber that I have found, let me me pull him up, uh, because he is by far the best at it at all. His name is Michael Pierce. Um, P-I-E-R-C-E. His types revisited and is like, he is the best by far. You know, um, Mike Pierce. Michael Pierce. P-I-E-R-C-E. By far the best I've found. Interesting. And Dr. Tom LeHue is the best Enneagram YouTuber by far. Um, Subscribe to that. And, you know, people like, oh, yeah, these. This guy? That's him. Michael Pierce. Yeah, he is who, a. Who's the other person? Um, Tom LaHue. L A H U E. Yeah, I'll oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're the best. Yeah. They're the best. Yeah, so, uh, uh, this is pretty much for today. And, uh, we can go on and on, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> on and on and on and on. But, you know, like, even though this podcast may come out like within an hour, but we've recorded approximately two hours <sighs> in its total length. Yeah, I'll cut a lot of it anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, 
Thanks, Blake. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So this pleasure. is your first time recording podcast, right? Yeah, ever. 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 And I gotta say, it was awesome. You will be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in a week. Incredible. Awesome. I'll, I'll edit it. Uh, I'm famous. Look, like, well, I made it. Yeah, you will make this <laughs> podcast famous because I don't have a lot of audience. So oh, sure. people hearing your voice. The devoted, all devoted audience that you have. Um, basically, my high school friends. Yeah. Uh, but I there try you to, you know, I don't care too much about it. Right. Honestly, I just care about the production process. Um, this is one of the f- few things that I really don't care about the impact. Yeah. I feel like the process is fun. It does have intrinsic motivation. Absolutely. Uh, for me. I don't know. Maybe I can have both the intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Um, that's totally possible. No, you're, you're weighing the options. Yeah. I, I do have different things to, to, to do. Okay, All right. Awesome. This, Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Blake. And see you next time.